0: My name is Andy. I'm the lead pastor here at High Point Church. This is High Point Online, and we are thrilled to be worshiping with you today. Uh, Wherever you're watching from, welcome. If this is your first time, we're thrilled uh, to be here with you today. Today, I want to speak to you about a little big problem. Uh, I I like to call this heart problems, right? We're We're talking about issues of the heart. And You know, the heart is a significant organ, last time I checked, and uh, we pay a lot of attention to making sure that this thing is functioning right. Now, in 2007, this was about a year after I had gotten married, Amy and I, my wife Amy, we moved to Orlando, Florida to help plant a church, uh, the first High Point Church. Um, we're in High Point Church in the Atlanta area, but we started out in Orlando, and we moved there. And we were associate pastors, and we're loving it. We had gotten this condo. It was a little tiny condominium, uh, but in that condo, in that little condo was a giant couch, and we had this green couch that we—I uh, I miss it to this day, as a matter of fact. It was the best couch ever. it's huge, okay, and it had these big, fluffy cushions. And I kid you not, maybe you've had a couch like this where it, you could sleep on it and you didn't feel like you missed anything like by missing your bed because it just was that comfortable. You know what I'm talking about? So this couch it had this wedge you know, where the, where the cushions on the back of the couch met the cushions on the arm of the couch. And if you leaned back and you stuck your kind of shoulders and head into the the kind of wedge of cushions, it was like this perfect vacuum of sound. You couldn't hear anything. so you kind of just buried yourself in these giant cushions as they more or less suctioned over your ears and you could get the best sleep ever. So that's what I did. I fell asleep on one such occasion and woke up literally like six hours later. Well, here's the thing. I woke up and I had intense chest pain. Such, you know, the kind of pain that is very alarming. And I woke Amy up. i had had a dad who had died of a heart attack. And I thought here at basically 27 years of age, I'm, I might be having a heart attack. And so we drove straight to the emergency room and and they did all the tests. They did all the scans, all the things. And the doctor comes out and he sits down with me and he, he says, okay, Andy, I want you to walk me through the previous day as much as you possibly can. Give me all the details. And so I did. I walked through, I walked through what I ate I walked through the kind of ministry interactions I had. I walked through what I did at work. I walked through what I did at home. I walked—I I literally was giving every detail of my day to try to figure out potentially what, was, what had triggered this. And we got to the part that was just a superfluous detail about me falling asleep on the giant green couch. And I mentioned the wedge. And I literally began to get into the position that I would get into to fall asleep on this couch. And I felt the most intense, sharp pain in my chest. And the doctor just looked at me and smiled. He said, bingo. (laughs) I was like, what? And he said, judging from the position that you just got in and the pain that you're experiencing. You, got, you, you slept in a very strange position on a couch for about six hours, and you stretched and strained the muscles around your upper rib cage. And now your upper rib, it has slipped a micro of a micro of a micro centimeter and is touching something on the inside that it's not supposed to. It's like the game Operation, you know, where you're, you're trying to get the thing out and you get zapped, right? Well, I have a rib, right, that's zapping something inside of me. And he's like, you know what? A couple days, it'll be fine. Here's a muscle relaxer, you're good. Stop sleeping on the couch and putting your head in the wedge of your couch. And I'm like, Doctor, are you, I don't want this to be more serious, but I also don't want to tell people that I strained my muscles in my rib cage taking a nap on the couch. So come on help me out here. <laughs> the truth of the matter is we get we get that a heart the, the issues around our heart are a big deal. I told you a lengthy story, an embarrassing story, right? But the truth of the matter is we pay attention to what is happening around our heart because we know that the heart is a huge deal. This thing pumps blood. And last time I checked, you need blood to function. You need blood to stay alive. Okay, so so anytime something begins to feel a little bit off as it pertains to our heart, we recognize we need to, to get in front of a professional here. We need to get some advice. We need to get some counsel. We understand this. But what about your heart as it pertains to your emotions? We understand this physically. But what about your heart spiritually? What about your heart? Emotionally. See, the Bible refers to the heart a ton, a great deal. And yet, most of the time, it's not referring to the actual organ of your heart. It's it's referring to the place, the seat of your emotions, the seat of your soul where you feel. Where where your heart attitudes, where anger... And jealousy and rage and guilt and, and, and envy. All of these things kind of come from here. Joy, peace, happiness. All of these things come from this thing that we, 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 we call the heart. and It all kind of wraps and embodies these things. Your relationship with God and your relationship with others in many ways, comes from the condition of your heart. The writer of Proverbs. Proverbs is in basically the middle of the Bible. If you, if you have a Bible handy and you open it up to the middle, you're probably going to be in Psalms, maybe Proverbs. Proverbs is the book of wisdom. There's just wisdom, a piece of wisdom literature after piece of wisdom literature. And in Proverbs 4.23, the writer uh, says it like this. He says, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Above all else, guard your heart. Meaning like nothing is more important than you making sure this thing is protected and functioning right. He's not speaking about the organ pumping blood in this moment. He's talking about the spiritual condition of your heart, your emotions, how you feel, the attitudes of your heart. All of these things have unbelievable bearing on the condition of your life. Everything flows out of this. At High Point, one of the things that, that we say that, that's kind of a little tag for us is that one of, the, one of the things when we planted the church is that we wanted to establish followers of Jesus in heart, mind, and action. And the truth of the matter is what happens in your heart and what's happening in your mind is really what determines what's happening in your actions. Your actions are the overflow of what happens or has happened in your heart and in your thoughts. So my question for you today is simple. How's your heart? How's your heart today? What's the condition of your heart? See the truth is most of us have some heart problems. We have different conditions, and some of those things are are things that you're going through. Some of them are things that have happened to you, and they've caused damage to your heart. And so you have literally this thing that we we, we heart your heart's bruised, right? Your heart's taken a hit, and there are things that that happen, right? Um, you know you. Proverbs 4 says, above all else, guard your heart, right? For everything you do flows from it. We we have enough church socialization and we have enough just cultural socialization to to understand how to manage our behavior a lot of times. Meaning you can get by, you know, I can't do X, Y, Z at work or I'll get fired. I I know my church culture, my church circles, this, this is kind of unacceptable behavior, so I don't do that, or I don't do that anymore. It's not always a reflection of change that's happened in your heart. Sometimes it's just societal norms and societal pressure that's created healthy and good, might I add, behavioral change. We understand this. But when you relax, and many times you get home, and you take the you know you, you untie the shoes, so to speak, and the real you comes out, and you say things and you know you, you think to yourself, "Why did I say that? I don't know what just came over me I'm sorry i I just uh, again, I don't, I don't know why I said that. I can't believe I said that. Where did that come from? Why do I feel this way? These are the kind of questions you know, that we, we kind of rhetorically ask ourselves. These are a reflection of things that are happening in our heart. And when the pressure comes and the squeeze comes, and yes, also the, the relaxation comes of you just being you. The real you comes out and we see what's been bottled up on the inside. And in some cases, we see the damage that a heart has taken. Think about this for a minute. You know, there, we have heart problems. But there are things that people have said to you that I promise you have stuck with you more than you, you probably realize. I laugh about this, and, and it's worth laughing about. You know, I had a record deal in college. And yes, I was in a boy band. This is all true. The rumors are true. I had a record deal with Atlantic Records, and it was a great experience. It was fun. It was exciting. All the kind of, just all the things that you'd associate with, you know, getting a, a deal were kind of coming to pass. And then one day I get a phone call from the president of the record label. I'm literally sitting in my apartment and he says, Andy, you know, I wanted to call you and tell you. We're moving in a different direction. I was like, wait, what? Like, I banked on this. I'd, I'd, I'd shifted my life. I was, I was literally getting ready to leave college and hire a tutor and all the things that go along with, with a group that's trying to go on tour. And, and you're telling me that this has now changed? Why? And he said, well, honestly, you're just not good enough. And I have to tell you, I don't know that I've ever really shared this in a message before, but those words were like a dagger in my heart. You're just not good enough. And consequently, I didn't do anything with music. I didn't play guitar. I didn't sing. I didn't do a whole lot for a long time because I just felt the pain in my heart. And now, or, or, or and then, you know, consequently, insecurity crept in. Heart damage, heart problems. Some of you have had things said to you. You know what it's like for a mom or a dad to say something to you, or a brother or a sister, someone you love, and they say something that just hurts so deeply. And even though they may have apologized for it, you, you, it's like you just can't seem to remove impact of that some of you have felt the the effects of a mom or a dad who show more affection to a sibling than to you or not a sibling a son or a daughter one of your siblings you've lived with the weight of a mom or dad favoring somebody else and it's hurt and it's caused you to walk with a limp some of you have experienced divorce, and and yes, I recognize some people need to, you know, they need to get out, right? And there's a measure of freedom, but there's always pain that comes with it as well. Maybe disillusionment or disappointment, maybe even just abuse that's happened or taken place. Oh, well, these things are—they they create bruises and heart damage. You know, Satan Satan is really good at lying. That's why he's called the great deceiver. But one of the things that he does is he comes alongside just the interactions. We live in a fallen and broken world. And so fallen and broken things happen. And as we experience uh, pain and difficulty, I believe that Satan comes along and, and amplifies those scenarios and he lies. And you begin to think these thoughts and those lies. Oftentimes, if you, if you sit on them long enough, this thought that's, that, that's living right here begins to move its way down into the depths of your heart. And you begin to really believe this thing to be true. And now as you believe it, it shapes how you live. It shapes your relationships. It shapes your marriage. It can shape your parenting. And it shapes how you relate and trust to God. Heart problems. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Emotions that we have, oftentimes we build them as kind of the exception. We say things like, oh, I don't know where that came from, or I'm sorry, this isn't like me. And I want you to hear this today. Emotions aren't exceptions to what is happening in your heart. Your emotions are the reflection of things that's happened in your heart. Maybe a reflection of something that happened a long time ago, a reflection of what you're going through right now, but understand your outburst of anger, your jealousy, your guilt, your shame, the emotions that are existing in your heart. When you let your hair down and take your shoes off for a minute, this is the real you. It's not the exception. It is a reflection. And so this morning as we start a new teaching series one of the things that we're going to begin to do over the next several weeks is examine the most uh, the most significant scenarios that cause bruising at heart in your heart and what to do about them. We're not going to tackle them all today. We're highlighting the issue and the problem in this moment. And in the Sundays to come We're going to let God do a fresh work in our soul and in our heart. Jesus says it like this in Matthew 15, okay? He says that, or excuse me, the Bible says that some Pharisees and teachers of the law, verse 1, uh, Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. (gasps) Disgusting, right? We look at this and we think this is a sanitation issue. This is not about sanitation. This is about the tradition of the elders. And if you're unfamiliar with what that is, it's about 500 additional rules and regulations that have been tacked on to the law of Moses. And the, the point of them is to keep you, if if the law of Moses is to keep you from disobeying God, well, we're creating some extra rules and regulations to prevent you from violating that commandment because that's the real one. So let's create some, some buffer here. And, and over time, those rules and those regulations became as though they were law from heaven. And they weren't. And you might think to yourself, oh my gosh, what a bunch of religious fanatics. Or what is wrong with these people? We do it. We do it all the time. At our house, uh, we, we don't use bad language in our home. I hope that doesn't surprise you. Um, <laughs> we don't allow our kids to say the F word. I, again, this should not come as a, as a major surprise. We don't talk like that. We don't allow our kids to talk like that. And we teach them to, to speak differently. But one of the common words that exists in school, especially as my oldest is now in middle school, is the word frick. And kids love to say the word frick, right? There are people operating cameras right now who are waving their hands because they know how this is just this is language that we use. Well, we don't allow our kids to say that word. Why? Because it's getting too close to the real word. (laughs) Right? If the F bomb is what we're trying to avoid, you know, saying, well, let's not get, let's not even get anywhere close to it. And so in our home, we've created a little bit of a rule and a regulation to prevent you and teach you and coach you on how to speak a little differently. Guess what? These things aren't all bad. Learning how to like so be, be socially acceptable, this is a good thing. However, obedience to those things doesn't necessarily reflect a heart that has been changed. It doesn't always reflect a heart that is healthy. In fact, you can learn how to behave in all of these ways and still have heart problems. And when the real squeeze comes, the real you comes out. What's inside your heart will eventually come out out you can't stop it it's going to happen and so in this particular case i'll give you a little church history this may be more than you bargained for but but you know the 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 teachers of the law they created you know the tradition of the elders tradition of the elders and this started because in the temple the priests were asked by God, there were commandments by God, designed to make them be clean, spiritually speaking, before they engaged in worship and in temple sacrifice on behalf of all Israel. God wanted uh, the people to see in their leadership and as a reflection of God that God is holy. And so before they would engage in any type of temple practice, they would wash their hands. This was a part of the the temple uh, uh, tradition. And then the temple was destroyed. And the gathering of worship that took place in the temple moved to a gathering in the home. And so this is now where the primary place of relationship, prayer, relationship to God took place. And so People were asking, well, you know, if God's holiness, you know, was to be put on display at the temple, why shouldn't it also be put on display in your home? And, you know, that's a great question to ask. It's a good thing to wrestle through. But God's commandment was for the priests to set them apart. It wasn't upon every single person. And it certainly wasn't designed to be practiced in your actual home. And yet, All of a sudden, this tradition it develops and it becomes law. And and now you have to use a double hand, a double-sided cup with two handles. You have to wash from your your fingertips uh, just about to your elbow, right? And, and, And you have all of these different rules and regulations all designed to make you clean, spiritually speaking. And Jesus Jesus doesn't have it. In fact, he contradicts this. And he says in verse 17, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft false testimony slander these are what defile a person but eating with one unwashed hands this isn't what defiles them in other words what what makes you unclean and what what what's creating damage and what's what's creating distance between you and god and you and others isn't this stuff on the outside, the externals? It's ultimately the internals. It's about the condition of your heart. You can say to yourself, "Well, well, that's not true. You know, we're all just naturally good." Or, or we, we say this about our kids, right? If you have children, you know, all of a sudden your 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 kid will do something crazy, just crazy, and, and you'll say, "Oh my gosh." Johnny's a good kid. He has a good heart. That person is such a good person. They have such a good heart. Bless their little heart. But the reality is, we don't have good hearts. We have bruised hearts, damaged hearts, hearts that have been ravaged by sin. And consequently, we need a miracle to make it right. We need healing to come to our hearts. We need validation, not from a person, but from God Almighty to come to our hearts. We need true holiness to come from the inside out, not the outside trying to make it holy on the inside. That doesn't work. And that's ultimately what Jesus is speaking against right here. This isn't what makes you clean or unclean. Surprise, you're messed up because you have a heart that needs a miracle. You need a new heart. You need a change. You need a transformation. What do you need? A savior. That's what you need. Your greatest problem is the condition of your heart. So how's your heart? How's your heart today? I'll leave you with this. Ezekiel chapter 36. Hundreds of years prior to Jesus being born. Prophet Ezekiel prophesied about our need. The current need of Israel and our current need as humans, humanity. Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 24. Ezekiel, he's prophesying on behalf of God and God says, I'm going to take you out of the nations. Meaning I'm going to set you apart to make you holy. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. And I will give you a what? A new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. You will be my people and I will be your God. What do you need today? Ultimately, we need new hearts. Some of us, you're watching and you've been changed. You've put your faith in Jesus and you've experienced that transformation, but you're still walking with a limp. You're walking with some deep bruises in your heart and your soul. In the coming weeks, we're gonna begin to let God, by his spirit, do a fresh work inside of you. This morning, we're gonna pray. We're gonna pray right now. And, and maybe you need to respond to this message because, and you've never responded before. You recognize your need in this moment. I want you to just pray right where you are. You may be sitting on a couch, you may be watching on your phone. You, you may be on the subway watching this uh, on a device. Wherever you are it makes no difference. You can respond to what God is doing. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Father in heaven, we thank you that you have made a way for us to have restored and right relationship with you and also right relationship with others. And that comes by us receiving a new heart from you and the Holy Spirit coming in and living inside of us. Lord, we turn from everything that doesn't honor you and please you. And we choose to put our faith in you and to follow you. If you're sitting here this morning and you need to put your faith in Jesus, say, Jesus, I'm asking you to change my heart. I turn from everything that doesn't honor you and I put my faith in you as Lord and Savior. Make me new and change me today. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. If you responded to that In that moment, here's what I want to invite you to do. You can comment uh, in the comments section online, and one of our volunteers will reach out to you. Um, You can also send a message uh, online, either through our website at highpointatl.church or through Facebook. Uh, We want to make sure that you get growing and get connected, and literally that you get to live this life of Jesus to the best of your ability.